This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 30th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today, a most inspiring conversation coming your way today with Kim Daly, franchise consultant, author, coach, and another first on Franchise Today, a former Miss America contestant. But first, many thanks to Jeff Duden for being here last week and for all of the nuggets that he shared. This is it, folks. Q4 is upon us, and we're in the final turn of this, the most unique year that I can remember in oh so many ways. 2020 has exhibited both the best and worst of times for many, inflicting whiplash on some with twists and turns that have changed lives at breakneck speed. And as October is a month famous for surprises as pertains to election years, as if COVID itself wasn't providing enough drama for us, I'm fairly certain that it's safe to say more turns still lie ahead between now, the election, and the end of the year. So buckle up, keep your eye on the ball, and continue expecting the unexpected as we enter closer to the finish line of this, a year that many would agree has been a year like no other. Here's hoping, though, that you're already on the bright side, or at the very least returning to it, as we all hit the gas and look forward to the rapidly approaching holidays and the new year thereafter. Amazing as it seems, this is already week 40, and Thanksgiving is less than 60 days away. So, speaking of time, it's time to take a quick break here, and when I return, I'll be joined by the most inspiring... Kim Daly. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive set so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at zorforum.org. That's www.zorforum.org. Kim Daly is one of America's top franchise consultants, helping thousands of people explore franchise opportunities. And most recently, she became the co-author of an Amazon international best-selling book titled Franchising Freedom, for which I proudly wrote the foreword. For over 20 years, Kim has traveled the country as a keynote speaker and business breakout leader and has hosted her own live events, educating, motivating, and inspiring Americans to the dream of small business ownership through the proven systems of a franchise. Prior to becoming a franchise consultant, Kim 
ran her own health and fitness-based consulting firm and worked with Dr. Dennis Wheatley, Denise Austin, eDiets.com, Gold's Gym, and many other national health and wellness brands, and even launched the first health and fitness marketplace at USA Today called Be Healthy Now. Kim was a personal trainer in college, and as mentioned earlier, she was even a Miss America contestant. She graduated summa cum laude with a degree in nutritional biochemistry and a minor in sports nutrition. Kim has the wisdom that comes from experience and combines that with her knowledge of franchising, her passionate personality, and her ability to inspire people to achieve their dream of business ownership. In all her pursuits, Kim Daly desires to be a role model and influence to others to live their best possible life. Kim Daly, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. It's a super pleasure to be here. You and I have some history, right? We have a long history together, and <laughs> We do. We go all the way back to my very first days in franchising right out of college. And here now in the current day, we have a connection yet again, too, with a book that we've both been involved with called Franchising Freedom, which just got released in paperback. It's been out as a bestseller in Kindle for a number of weeks. And now in paperback, I just got mine at my doorstep today. And we are number one in the US, UK, and Australia as new releases. We're number one for small business franchising in Australia. Number two, both in the UK and the USA, small business franchise and home-based business categories. Number five in Canada. I feel pretty proud. That's pretty amazing. I'm super proud of that book. What a fun journey it's been. Absolutely. And and you know, the guys who came to me with this, Peter Daly Dixon and his cohort, Andrew Priestley, contacted me back in August about this and wanted to ask me to do a chapter as you did. And I had a lot on my plate at the time. And I told them, I said, I can probably get to this in the fall. And they said, no, the book's going to be done in 30 days. And I said, 30 days? I couldn't even think about what I'd write about in 30 days, much less get it written. And they said, nope, this project's going forward this book will be out in print in 30 to 45 days. And I just thought that they were, I don't know, I don't know what I thought. Didn't think it was real, but they came back to me and asked me if I'd be interested in writing the forward. And after they sent me the galley and let me see who was in the book and who, what they'd contributed, I said, I'd be proud to do that. And I'm glad that I did. Good for you. Want me to tell you my quick story about this book? Please do. So, okay, so I get a flashback to 2018. So the chapter that I wrote about was on the mindset of success. Like, what does it really take to be successful as a business owner? And I approached this from the, the mindset. And so let's go to Kim Daly mindset. So in 2018, I make declaration statements over my life every day. And I wanted to write a book but I really wasn't very motivated to write a book. I make a lot of videos. I love talking. And often people have said, you should write a book. And I'm like, eh, but I don't really want to write a book. So I decided to add a declaration in 2018 that I am a published author. But then I'm like, eh, that's not really big enough for me. So I'm like, okay, I am a New York Times bestselling author. It's better, but I am an international bestselling author. Boom. That's what Kim Daly wants to be. So for one year, 365 days, I made this declaration statement over my life, hoping that it would inspire me to write a book. Uh, when I sat down to write my declarations for 2019, I'm like, well, it never inspired me, so I'm going to take it off my list. So in July or August, as you said, when the guys came to me and asked me, I almost said no as well because it was summer and we have a pool and my kids are home and I want to be outside. But I was like, whatever, it's one chapter. I probably already have something I can use. I'll just, you know, re reword it. And I, I ended up writing something fresh. But anyway, when I handed in my chapter and I was on the Zoom meeting with Peter, he said to me, well, get ready 
because this is going to become an international best-selling book. And when he said it, Stan, I literally laughed so hard, I started crying. He must have been like, this woman is a total <laughs> freak. But because he had no idea, he knows now, I told him like a couple of days later when I composed myself, because I was laughing. That is the magic of what I wrote about, that what we believe is what we will make true. I am able to call myself an international best-selling author and i didn't even have to write an entire book isn't that amazing <laughs> it's so amazing it's you know, magic and i even gave up on the dream right i i gave up but there it was in the works coming to me because for 365 days i had declared it you know there's another book that you're reminding me of now which i really love it's a book that was written by james redfield it's called the celestine prophecy oh sure yeah. i've read that yes well and that book, what does James Redfield tell us about? There are no coincidences. There, this is definitely not a coincidence. <laughs> I 100% I was the creator of that book by uh, declaring it and believing it, just like so many other things that I've achieved in my franchise business, in my life personally. It's just one more thing to put in that pile of, oh my gosh, when we have to be careful what we talk about. I shared the story with my children because I want them to understand that the words that come out of their mouth have so much power over their lives, all of us. Just really made a great segue for me because we're going to talk about the intentionality or unintentionality of life and decisions that we make. And as is the case each week, I ask my guests to rewind the tape for us and help us learn how franchising found you because we don't find it as an unintentional type of business that we're in. So take us back to the days of the beginning of your franchising career. What were you doing that led you to franchising? And we'll walk up from there to the current day. Okay, Stan. So I actually answered a classified ad in the newspaper. I was just out of college. I was on my way to med school and I had raised money for the alumni fund at my college. So I knew that I had uh, telemarketing skills and it, this job was for a telemarketing job and it was for a franchise consulting company. And about the third day on the job, the president of the company took me to lunch and offered me a full-time position, much to my father's dismay. He was like, you'll never go to med school. I'm like, oh, dad, I'm totally going to med school. My whole life has been about med school. Well, why are your dads always right? <laughs> so I, uh, as I was telling you earlier, I mean, I, I made a lot of money my first year out of college. I had a great mentor who was the president of that company. And um, I owe a lot of my success in franchising from his mentorship and what I learned way, way back in the day. This was probably back in like 1996 or so. And then I left franchising. So I built that franchise consulting company. I ended up with a full-time job and that company ended up getting sold three years later into private equity. And based on the success of that mentor and owner of that company helped me start my very first company. He knew that I was an entrepreneur at heart and I loved health and fitness. And so he helped me actually launch my first company, which if you went to usatoday.com and you clicked on the health and fitness marketplace, it actually clicked over to my company, which which was called BeHealthyNow.com. And this was in the very early days of the internet where there was no, it was sort of like the wild, wild west. I mean, we could we could charge anybody, any advertiser, any amount of money. There was you know no pay-per-click model. There was nothing. We were making it up as we went along. 
And, um, and in fact, that's what that company in franchising, which is Franchise Solutions, that I worked for, that's what we did. We sort of, we were the first aggregate website for franchisors to be able to advertise to candidates using the internet. Um, and that's why that company sold into private equity because that was right in that dot-com bubble thing. For, I got my start uh, in franchising. I broke free because I wanted to do it on my own and um, had my own companies for about five years before I really realized that I needed systems, I needed people. Entrepreneurship is very lonely, right? And franchising is so collective and we get to share and grow and and just like commiserate and celebrate with each other. And so that's about the time when Fran Choice was getting started. And I did absolutely love the consultant role. And so I got started back in February of 2002. And here I am today, 18 years later, one of the top franchise consultants in the country, blessed to help thousands of people every year over the course of my tenure, uh, hundreds of people every year and many, many, many to be to achieve their dreams and to become business owners. And so that person that started Franchise Solutions by way of full disclosure was a mentor of mine as well. And my early days of franchising is where I met Calvin Haskell when he was my boss at a company called Help You Sell. And my first years in franchising were all about real estate conversion franchising. And I wasn't part of this broader spectrum of things that we know now through IFA and through the mainstream of the franchise community. But amazing as it is, Kim, that we have our roots in the very, very early days in very much the same place. And here we are on this book together, oh, so many years later. And that brings us together again here today. To James Redfield, I say there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences. <laughs> all right. Trick question. 1,563. Does that number do anything for you? 1,563. No? Is that the number of franchises there are out there today? <laughs> nope. That big fat number is the number of connections that you and I share at a first level in LinkedIn. When I get over the thousand mark, you know, I know I've got somebody on the other end that's of substance. <laughs> that's You've awesome. gone 50% greater than that at 1,563. So kudos to us both. <laughs> Our industry is so incredibly large and yet so incredibly small. <laughs> we are all both connected to all the right people, Kim. You know what happens is in this amazing place, I mean, it's such an industry of people helping people. And so we never really leave, right? People change companies like, oh, they sold it. You know, they worked at this franchise. Now they're over at this franchise. But it's kind of like it gets in your blood and you just you, you don't leave. Well, I always say that we change shirts, but we collect people. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I think to the people like Jeff Elgin and Rick Bizio and some of the great people in the franchise community that I've had the good fortune of having in my life along the journey. So you're in a great place and you've taken it and elevated it to an even higher plateau with some of the other things that are parts and pieces of your life and your journey. And I asked you here today because in addition to the book, I really wanted to ask you through the eyes of somebody who does what you do from the consulting side. Now, some may call consulting brokerage and there are a lot of different names for it, but you're in a place where you really do service to those who are looking to get into the franchising world and you do service for a great many franchisors by making the right connections between the right candidates to the right brands, vetting those candidates out to the best opportunities available to them, give them a couple of three choices that any one of those could work and let them decide where they go from there. So far, is that all correct? That's true. All right. 
The world has changed by this COVID-19 thing, and it's been devastating for some. It's been bigger than ever paydays for others. But through the world that you see with COVID and the lens with which you view it, why don't you give the audience a snapshot, if you would, of the landscape as you've seen it change over these last six months of where things started, where they may have leveled off to, and what's coming through the eyes of somebody who touches so many brands and candidates. Sure. So I think, you know, overall, the volume of people that I would typically be working with at one time has been reduced. But the quality of the people who are showing up is as good as ever. So I think to spin it positively, the tire kicker people aren't even, they're not coming. They're not showing up. And so the people who are still raising their hand and saying, look, I'm looking up from this moment, owning a business is about my future. Or those people who are looking up and saying, wow, in the middle of adversity, there's always opportunity. You know, what can I get into now that's thriving because of COVID? Those people are coming and they're buying businesses. Uh, my business is exactly on track for where I wanted it to be. And in fact, my accountant told me uh, on third quarter taxes, I'm actually ahead of where I was this time last year. So go figure. What people are investing in has mm -hmm. definitely changed, right? In the strong economy of last year and even earlier this year, you know, it's the, the sexy want-based fitness and med spas and, you know, those kind of businesses, a bigger real estate components. And overall, I think that shifted more to more needs-based, practical, kind of your down and dirty services. A lot of the stuff that even during the COVID time, homeowners as consumers were all those kind of things were still using those kinds of franchises. I mean, they're selling them like they're giving them away in many cases, the junk services, the home cleaning services, the anything that has to do with home remodeling, because people are home now, and they're cleaning out their closets, and they're looking for reorganization, or they're, you know, they want to get to that project, we didn't spend money taking big vacations this year. So we spent money like I have a friend here in New Hampshire who is in the boating industry. And he's like, you can't buy a boat, you know, and I got a puppy and the breeder was like, we can't keep up with the demand, right? The, I have a pool and the, the guy that builds pools, he, he has 96 pools on his board. At the end of the summer, I'm like, how long is it going to take you to get through that list? I mean, so the things that we're spending money on has shifted, but people are absolutely still spending money. What are you seeing in terms of the difference between the process of people vetting brands and you as a consultant vetting candidates. I don't, I mean, my process works in good times and bad. Listen, one of the things I learned way back in the day from Calvin Haskell was that in good times and bad, people people invest in franchises. Their motivations for investing change and what they invest in changes but the end result is they still invest. So in a very strong economy, people want more of the American dream and they're going to buy those types of businesses. In a unstable or uncertain economy, people that are going to get laid off, they're going to fear being laid off. And so they're going to look for opportunity to get control and stability over their future. And they're going to look to businesses that match that internal fear they have. So, and that's, that's 100% what we've seen in the last six months. What about the process as pertains to no face-to-face, -face, no discovery days, everything done on Zoom and not getting into a room or having a meal with a candidate before you approve and sign them on as a franchisee? What kind of changes has COVID caused for brands to wrestle with in that regard? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen all of that. And one thing I would say to franchisors is, look, I think that a virtual discovery day should be harder to get into 
than a face-to-face because what happens is if we don't use a meet the team day or a discovery day as the closing tool, as the final event, then there's no way to kind of wrap up a candidate's investigation. And when they're in an uncertain time, look, they're going to stall, right? They're going to take as much time as as they can have because they don't want to have to say yes, right? Most candidates, that's just a natural thing, right? So if the process is structured correctly where they can log logically build their business case for the business and then culminate that in that virtual discovery day where they've been told that they were awarded the opportunity to attend this virtual discovery day and then use that as a setup for we are going to follow up with you and let you know whether you've been approved and we expect that you're going to sign your franchise agreement within 7 to 14 days if this is in fact what you want to do and you know we want you and you want us if franchisors would still stay with that same process that they would have if somebody was investing money to go out to the discovery day, I think my life would be a lot easier as a consultant. I see many franchisors becoming very soft on the virtual discovery day because it doesn't cost anybody any money. Well, just come. But that doesn't work because then there's no closing event. And what I'm saying to my candidates is, look, This discovery day is your closing tool. So before you say yes, I want you to consider if you were asked to go to a discovery day, are you ready to buy a plane ticket, take one or two days out of your life to go to a corporate office? If you're not willing to invest that kind of money and time in your mind, because you're not actually going to be able to do it then it is not the correct time to go to a discovery day. And many times it saves them from just from going when they still have two or three concepts on their plate, because I know that if they go, it's just going to lead to more confusion. Franchisors, I get it. They want to hurry up and get people to the end so that they think that's going to work in their favor. But in my experience, very, very rarely does it work. We're talking with Kim Daly, one of America's top franchise consultants who's helped thousands of people explore franchise opportunities for nearly two decades. Kim has traveled the country as a keynote speaker, a business breakout leader, and has hosted her own live events, educating, motivating, and inspiring Americans to the dream of small business ownership through the proven systems of a franchise. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Kim and I are going to chat some about a new book and release by Amazon as a bestseller called Franchising Freedom. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball, but there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments, based on science, 
but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoricalprofiles.com. And we're continuing the conversation with Kim Daly. So we talked a little at the top about the book, Franchising Freedom. Why don't we share a little bit about the chapter that you wrote to become that international best-selling author? Sure. You know, lots of times candidates are looking to the franchisor to make them successful. They're looking at the territory or the location as the end-all, be-all. And in the 18 years that I've been a franchise consultant, never have I proven outside external factors to lead to a franchisee's success. And so my chapter is all about how the number one factor to your success in a franchise business is you. (laughs) Waking up, being accountable, you know, following the franchisor's lead, being coachable. I find many times that fear, fear makes people a little bit crazy, as we've sort of seen a lot of that during this pandemic time. But in franchising, you know, when people have a lot of money on the line, I totally get it. And they're fully invested and they need this to work out. But fear makes people look to, again, external factors. And my whole coaching process with my candidates is about helping them, educating them, teaching them to look inward. So first, you definitely have to follow the franchisor's lead. You have to surrender your ego at the door. If this is your first time owning a business, even if you think you know how something should be done, I think it's in your best interest to follow the franchisor's way of doing it and then follow their process and then have really clear, specific goals and dreams. So this is something that I did in my business. I was an average performing consultant from about 2002 to about 2010. And then I decided to get very clear and specific with myself about how many people I wanted to help every year. Little did I know that the numbers that I made up that I thought felt good for me were numbers that would propel me to building the largest franchise consulting business in the history of franchise consulting. But thank God nobody, I never, I didn't tell anybody was what I was doing. I <laughs> might've talked myself out of it, but I didn't know. And I set out to do that. And 365 days later, that's in fact what I did. And so after I did it, I sort of went back and I looked at all of my numbers and examined my business and looked at my goals and really saw the science of what I had done. And I have replicated that science every year since. I have shared what I did with other consultants who have gone on to do more than I do, which is amazing. Um, And now I also give that science to all of my candidates. And the basis of that science is that if you don't have clear and specific goals for yourself in your business, you're not going to achieve anything great. And if you have the goals and you don't even actually sometimes have to know exactly how you're going to get there. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but like we started this conversation with my declaration statement about becoming an international best-selling author, I had no plan other than that I was going <laughs> to write a book and I still didn't write a book. And now I'm an international best-selling author. And some people without faith may say, yeah, that's just a coincidence, but it's really not. It's a synchronicity. It's something that I created. And that's what I'm trying to coach my people to, to be mindful of what they're focused on every single day. If they're focused on what they're not getting, if they're focused on who to blame, if they're focused on what the franchisor should be doing for them, instead of focusing on their goals and what they know to do through training and to get out there every day and to be accountable and to go make it happen, more than likely, whatever they're focusing on is what they're going to get. 
not more than likely, it's 100% true. At some point, it will catch up with you. And I think that that's why there's so much, I, I mean this in the best way, but so much mediocrity in franchising. There's always this large average pack, right? And every franchisor out there should really want the average to raise, right? Because if you can raise the average franchisee to, you know, by a half a million or by a million, imagine the royalty return on that, right? Plus the validation return of all these people are making that much more money. And, and all it takes is a little bit of business coaching, a little bit of mindset coaching with these franchisees because it is their first time and they don't know, you know, and it's just like if you go into the gym and you've never worked out before, you can, you know, say you're going to lose weight by going to the gym every day and just sort of fumbling around on different equipment, jumping on the treadmill. But is that really an effective way to get yourself in shape? Well, no, you could go into the gym and you could hire the personal trainer who has a degree in exercise physiology, who knows the most effective techniques and workout routines to get you in shape. And that's what we're doing in franchising. But franchisors, there's more to it than the tactical training, right? There's the mindset coaching, because that's going to play a bigger role in what people do and how they think and in your entire culture right? I am so blessed to be a part of Franchise where we have an amazing culture of being inspired and feeling abundant and helping each other get through adversities and celebrating with each other. And I would wish that upon all of my candidates in their franchise and for all franchisors to really try to be a leader or have a culture of leadership that inspires people to rise above the mediocrity by giving them these kind of mindset coaching tools, by encouraging them, by maybe bringing in even a mindset speaker to your national convention or having a section on your website dedicated to the psychology of winning in life and have book recommendations. These things really do matter. And I think, in fact, they matter more than the tactile training of how to actually run your business. What part of what you've just described as the science of your formula that works for candidates, what part of that wouldn't work equally as well for emerging franchisors to hold themselves accountable and to do the same type of stretching, if you will? <laughs> it works for everybody, Stan. It doesn't matter what goal we're trying to achieve in life. If we're not clear and specific and we don't dream big, like, I mean, I've achieved some massive goals in my business over the last 18 years at Franchise, and I I'm crazy to dream as big as I do, but it's not really crazy because even if I only get 50% of a super large goal, I'm still probably getting more than if I thought small. And I encourage all of my candidates, I share with them what I do in my business as a way to inspire them to dream bigger, to dare. Many times people want to like couch the loss, I think, so they think more conservatively, you know, and we often see that in validation, right? That people can't make the numbers work because they're exaggerating the expenses and then being conservative on the revenue, right? But I'm like, no, forget about that fear-based thinking. Let's dream big and let's plan big and let's hold ourselves accountable. And almost every business out there, if owners would focus on the one or two things that would drive the greatest amount of revenue, this is in fact what I did. I stopped focusing on the things that I couldn't control in my franchise consulting business, which was who was 
was going to buy a franchise. And all I did was focus my time on what I could control, which was prospecting, how many people I could find to play with. And what it enabled me to do was come to work with very simple, clear goals and work became fun. I wasn't overburdened. Every day I came to work, I was like inspired to reach my prospecting goal for that day. And I didn't have to worry about tomorrow's goal. I only had to come to work to worry about today. And so what I teach people is to look forward at the end of the year, like have an annual revenue goal and then back that into 12 monthly goals, which then backs into four weekly goals and then even five daily goals. And when you have those daily sales goals and you're focused on those goals, almost to the detriment of the things in your business that you can't control, like customer complaints or, you know, a manufacturing backup or things like that. Listen, if every business had enough customers, no business would ever go out of business. Like having enough customers is the cure-all for anything that ails a business. And if anybody wants to challenge me on that, absolutely call me after because I would love to be challenged on that. So what happens is the prospecting, the sales, the marketing part, it's the hard part because it's all about us putting ourselves out there, right? We'd rather come into work and like answer emails or put out a fire or manage the team or do all these other things that feel like busy work. So we can tell ourselves or fool ourselves that we were busy, we worked hard today, but we didn't do anything that advanced our cause. And so I'm training my candidates from day one and I would encourage every franchisor out there listening to take this advice and to really implement it into your training to help teach your franchisees from day one, where is the gas pedal? Here's the answer. The gas pedal is always sales. (laughs) It's always prospecting. Always, always, always. So if you don't like to sell and you're buying a business where you have to be out there selling every day, that's not going to be a good fit for you as a business owner. You're not going to get up with enthusiasm and enjoy that that role as an owner, right? And that's part of what I'm doing is matching people's skill to the type of business that they start looking at. Because oftentimes candidates look for the widget that they love or the business that's sort of like a hobby. And I'm like, look, that doesn't make you money. What makes you money is when you get out of bed every day and you're inspired, you feel in control of your business. And what's going to make you feel in control is owning a business where you have confidence in the key skill set. You know, I'm fearless. We were talking about that earlier. That's one of the things I owe to my very first business mentor, Calvin Askell. I would always be so afraid to hang up the phone with the franchisor because he would be like pouncing on me like, why didn't you ask him this? And what did they say? And I was more fearless to ask my franchisor clients any question (laughs) and every question before I hung up the phone. But it serves me well because it's helped me now to continue to be fearless and to really help people move beyond their limited thinking. Franchisors, if you were helping your franchise develop clear and specific sales plans all the way down to a daily sales plan. I believe that many franchises could reach half a million to a million dollars in their first year. I see franchisors giving people three years to get to a million dollars. And I'm like, why? If your business is a sales or marketing driven business, and that is primary role of the owner, why does it take three years? Now, I don't know what I don't know about every business out there, but it's like a challenge. And I would take that to say, what if we could 
help these people do it in two years even? Because aren't you going to have much happier people when they get to that level of performance where you know their business is stable and you know that they're also taking money home from their business, right? Of course, it's gonna make your validation that much stronger. That much stronger, sure. Yeah, and that's gonna help you sell more franchises. Another thing I take out of what you've shared is for franchisors to really have some KPIs. I mean, know what it takes to make money. Either you on the Zor side looking to grow with development of new territories and franchisees, and as Kim said, the performance of your existing franchisees. And if you peel it all the way back to the basic day-to-day activities, you're really doing an analysis of your KPIs and you can hold yourself to task on a daily basis. Are you doing things today that will make you money or are you just shuffling paper and doing busy work? Another thing that you could do is like take these young franchisees and put them together in accountability groups. And you as franchisors find other franchisors, non-competing franchisors that you could be in accountability group with. I mean, listen, we love franchising because we have the collective intelligence of everybody, but there's more to it than that. There's the camaraderie, there's the natural competitiveness in all of us, but we're not like competing like in a cutthroat way. We're competing in a way that just as Jeff Elgin loves to say, rising tides raise all ships, right? So if I can figure out how to get my business to a million dollars in one year and I'm in an accountability group with other people and they're watching me do it, well, guess what happens to them? Their belief that they can do it goes up. And so sharing numbers, exposing everybody's numbers, some people may not like it, but when they can see like where they are compared to where their peers are at that point in the week or that point in the month, I mean, I'm telling you, that will help people really come to work to be focused on driving what matters most in their business. And ultimately it's for their benefit. It's for everybody's benefit, right? Because if we're all making money, we're certainly having a lot more fun. We're winding down close to the finish line. And I always like to give my guests an opportunity to tell me if there's anything that I didn't ask you that you wished I might have. No, I mean, I think this has been so fun. I've spent 18 years as a franchise consultant. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to be when I was 15 years old was a motivational speaker. And again, I thought that I had sort of like my life had turned in a different direction. But God uh, showed me when I was 40 years old, I was sitting in a hotel room in Dallas getting ready to host one of my live events where I bring in people that have helped transition their lives to franchising. And I have an audience of people that are thinking about working with me. And it's such an inspiring night. Anyway, I'm sitting in my hotel room getting ready to go motivate these people. And I had one of those like bone chilling moments again, where I'm like, look at me, I'm a motivational speaker. And this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. This is what I was born to do. I believe in what I'm saying, because these aren't principles that I learned from textbooks. I certainly am a very avid reader, but it's not just about knowledge. It's about knowledge into action. These are things that I have achieved in my life because I use these principles. And I love keynote speaking at franchise conventions. I would love the opportunity and welcome the opportunity to help any franchisor out there who's trying to turn the tide of their culture around to that of abundance, who's looking for someone who can maybe, you know, turn something that's seemingly complicated into something something very, very simple in terms of like helping their franchisees figure out what really does drive the maximum result in their business. Where is the gas pedal? Because these things can absolutely change all of our lives. I mean, if franchise systems are strong, then the validation from franchisees is strong. Then when I send a candidate to you, it's a happier process. It's a faster process. I mean, We're all working collectively and synergistically together to make our whole franchise industry that much stronger. So for those that might want to do exactly that and reach out to you, Kim, tell them how to do so. Okay. My website is The Daily Coach. 
Dalyvolk.com. And that's my last name, D-A-L-Y. I'm also very present on LinkedIn and Facebook, but thedailycoach.com. I have a library of franchising and business coaching videos for franchisors. If you kind of want to get a flavor for how I coach candidates, I have hundreds of testimonials. I even have video testimonials where I've taken my production crew into the Supercuts location and into the Cycle Bar studio and interviewed the candidate that, well, the person who was once my candidate, who's now a, a franchise owner, some of the work that I'm the most proud of, just allowing them to share their stories. And we share our story of working together and working through their fear and getting them to say yes. So please definitely check out my website. And if you have any feedback, I would welcome that. Kim, the time went really quickly, but what a treat it's been. And your passion, more than anything, is evident. It's love for what you're doing, and you're just filled with it all. <laughs> That's awesome, Stan. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Kim Daly. You know, the one thing I didn't think to ask Kim was how proud her parents must be of her, even though she never did travel down that road to medical school as planned. But when you think about it, what she's done with her life is dedicated in much the same way that a doctor would. She listens to her clients' situations and needs. She diagnoses solutions to those problems, and then she alters their lives in amazing ways that sets them on their way to live their most amazing life possible. Well, that sounds like pretty good medicine to me, and a whole lot to be proud of. Well, that's a wrap for today. As always, keep doing the very best you can. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.